ready. We are like Frogman. We are ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Well, welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm the queen of queries and defender of droids, Sarah O'Connor. Time to put some tea on because we're going to be diving in deep this episode. Yes. Yes. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum collaborator, and I got my Bo-Katan on today. Thank you, too. <laughs> And I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew, ready for this episode's swashbuckling adventure. And I'm your ambassador to Naboo, Flo Siegel, and I'm rocking my favorite planet, Tatooine. Yes. <laughs> Where we did not go this time, so that was, that was good. That is yes. true. Well, we truly run the gamut here in terms of rank from Padawan to Knight to Master, but no matter the rank that you carry, one thing does remain constant. Just like Baby Yoda, much to learn we still have. Very, very true. So welcome back to season two of The Mandalorian. Today we're looking at episode three, The Mandalorian chapter 11, The Heiress. This episode was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Now beware, our transponder is broadcasting a full spoiler warning for this episode, as well as some absolutely wild speculation about the future of the series. So if you've seen this week's episode of Mando, grab your favorite drink from the cantina, especially if it's that uh, tea Bo-Katan was talking about. Snuggle up with baby Yoda and maybe a brand new adorable little baby tadpole and settle in. (laughs) Settle in for a look at what Favreau and his team have created this week. Sarah, do you want to get us started with an episode recap? Yeah, I do, Anders. And to start things off, Mando and the Frog Lady barely make it it to the moon Trask, where she beautifully reunites with her husband. And those eggs hatch rather quickly, so you know what went down. (laughs) Some potent stuff. Yeah, some some (laughs) hearty. Yeah, much like uh, the the seed is strong with that (laughs) one. Oh my god, he was holding it in for a while. Afterwards, Frogman points Mando to some Quarren as a means of finding other Mandalorians, who promptly feed Mando and Baby Yoda to a Mamacore. You monsters! Though that monster was really cool to see. Luckily, they are rescued by Bo-Katan Kryze and her companions who reunite Mando into a pirate mission to steal some Imperial weapons. Wow to see her on film. Moff Gideon orders the ship to crash, but Mando saves the day and on Bo-Katan's advice, sets off towards the forest of Corvus in search of Ahsoka freaking Tanu. What? (laughs) So much going on in this episode. So so Anders, why don't you get us started with those Easter egg connections and callbacks? Pretty please. Definitely, Sarah. And I'm going to start us off... This, this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but this absolutely was a callback in my mind, so I'm going with it. <laughs> um, Mando's sort of coming into fast landing um, as he touches down on Trask. Just every time that lady came on the monitor, it's like, you're coming in too fast. All I could think of was Anakin just sitting in the cockpit going, we're coming in too hot. <laughs> That the beginning is. of Revenge of the Seth, complete and he with the is rescue so ships. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming in and he's hot. He is coming in so hot. So, I mean, Favreau knows what he's doing, so I'm going to predict that that was actually an intentional connection. <laughs> I think for so. sure. 
Yeah. But uh, talking about the crafts and the rescue ships, uh, yeah. Flo, what's going on next? Okay, this was cool. Speaking of the crash, the crane that ultimately lifts the Razor Crest out of the water, which honestly was kind of Dagobah looking too, like when Yoda lifts, mm-hmm. you know, the X-Wing mm-hmm. out of the swamp. Anyways, I digress. Is a repurposed at-at, which is so cool. Glad to know. Galaxy Far, Far Away still into recycling, repurposing. Excellent, excellent stuff from your California host. It really Sarah. looks like some um, also art, kind of, too, from Solo. Like yeah. some concept yes. art from Solo. Yeah. Also kind of reminded me of the um, the clones repurposed crawler on... Um, yes. In Rebels. Yeah. In Rebels, yeah, mm-hmm. when we found them. And I'm forever okay. now referring to ATATs as at at. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> Do not edit that out, Flo. This Wait. is a this is a pinky promise. Do not edit this. I out. pinky promise, but you guys really don't call them at ats. No, pinky you go back promise. and forth. I'll go back and forth. Yeah, it's a thing. It's, well, a, it's a bit of a thing to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Evan and well I now you call can... them at ats. <laughs> Well, moving on. So this moon is not tr- is not Moncala as we thought, but frankly, it might as well be because the two yeah. dominant species right. here seem to be Mon Calamari and Corn, both of whom are the dominant species on Moncala. Yeah, I was a little surprised at this one. Like, just why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm just saying this is definitely where Davy Jones is from. Like, they look exactly sure. the same. As oh, Davey major, vi- major, major vibes of Pirates of the Caribbean. Such pirates vibes. I love that they're also rocking that sweet knitwear. Like, oh, yeah. get after it, Moncala. He looks great. <laughs> Colleen, yeah, speaking of Moncala. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that ship that our boy Mando is sailing on. If you're speaking, it's very similar to a Moncala Murray. I think it's Spirna. We're going to go with class Hammerhead Corvette. We saw these ships in Rogue One as the Lightmaker rammed a couple of Star Destroyers together, which is fucking awesome. I love that scene. Yeah. Love that part. Uh, those Mon Calamari always repurposing their boats into star-going vessels. It's kind of like the ship Bebop from Cowboy Bebop, which is a boat that can also go into space. Like, all right, <laughs> let's do it, guys. The Mon Cal's are just all over Why it. Why not? Yes. And what is actually on that ship? It is something called the Mama Corps. We have absolutely no idea what a Mama Corps actually is. We have never seen them before, but this thing is definitely just worth noting. It, I don't know why all of the like creatures this season have that like circular mouth thing going on, and it's really weird. But this mm-hmm. thing is it. I don't know. <laughs> scary vaginas, you guys. That's what scary I was going to say. That's what, that's what we were dancing around, but we wouldn't be BGS if we just went straight to the heart of it. Eh? Wait a minute. I mean, to me, this thing was just very reminiscent, also kind of like a Sarlacc in its Sarlacc pit. Uh, but talking mm-hmm. back about Pirates of the Caribbean, this also is very reminiscent to me of the Kraken from the For second sure. couple movies in that franchise. Mm-hmm. Also, a little bit of that... Um, I always forget the name of it. It's the the squid creature in Lord of the Rings outside uh, oh, the mines the of Moria. Or the yeah, guardian. the gatekeeper guy. They call the guardian. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm guessing that this is a deliberate callback to have a little bit of like karmic justice here. Baby Yoda in his little egg carrier getting eaten, mm-hmm. just like he was eating oh. those eggs last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ultimately Sir, saved like- though. Although I do want us to just take a moment because we don't see him in his little egg carrier for the rest of the episode. It was very damaged. So is this the end of his like tiny little Corvette? 
I think so. I think so. I think he's moving into, you know, 50-year-old adulthood-ish. Soon enough, he'll be walking with a cane. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Goodbye to our last tie into the quill. Oh, poor quill. Yeah, he made that. (laughs) (laughs) But stop crying because... Dun, da, da, da. We finally got an intro to Sasha Banks. It was really exciting. Um, she is, it was really awesome. She is credited in this episode as Mandalorian. Is it Costca? Costca. That's what I thought. I think Costca. Costca, Costca yeah. Re- Reeves. We not like, Costco. No, not that, Costco. We are sure. That's where I was <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> We speculated, we theorized, we hoped not, and she is not playing Sabine Wren. It is also worth noting that she is not credited as Sasha Banks, but as Mercedes Varnado. Mm -hmm. And in addition, we also meet Axe Woves, right? Which is like- It's just a really cool name. Biggest name ever. Such a good name. Um, Who is played by Simon Cassianides. But Sarah, what other Mandalorian do we meet here? I think people went absolutely nuts. Yeah, nuts. We meet live in the flesh, Bo-Katan Kreese. And wow, does she look and act the part. Ready with another side quest, though, for Din. (laughs) She even calls it out as a side quest. She's like, but first, you're going to help me on my thing. Yes. She is played by Katie Sackhoff, great last name, who has also voiced the character on Clone Wars and Rebels, and she looks incredible. This Mm -hmm. was teased by Disney throughout the lead up to the season, but frankly, it is so great to actually see it to come to fruition. Colleen, what's up next? What's she got? Hold on, I got a a small piece on Katie Sackhoff. No, my bad, my bad. I seriously think she is just like such an underrated... Yes. actress as an mm-hmm. she's well documented as an action star she looks she acts the part she's got these really incredible facial expressions yeah. that yes. she pulls off and mm-hmm. it's so it's very very subtle but she actually has like absolutely perfect on the spot comedic timing yes mm-hmm. and i think it's just incredible but i digress colleen Uh What is going on next? (laughs) She has got some info for Mando. She's got that great scoop. Uh, After he accuses her, of course, of not being a proper, quote unquote, Mandalorian, because of course he would. They used his preferred expletive, Dank Ferric. I loved that. Which is a great weed name. I am ready oh, to yeah. find, yes. like, that is a great weed name. Make Yo, it happen Sarah, somewhere. do you have any Dank Ferric I can smoke? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's such a great name. His reaction to when um, Sasha Banks' character said that, he was like, what? I'm like, oh, maybe they are Mandalorian. Um, and they identify Mando as a child of the watch, which is alarming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a religious sect of Mandalorians who broke off and are attempting to restore the ancient way of the Mandalore. Capital W way. Capital way. This is the way for real. Mm -hmm. This is very like a direct reference to (laughs) Death Watch. Mm -hmm. We got our pre-Vizsla heads out there looking for a Death Watch (laughs) callback whose sigil we glimpsed in the season one flashback of Mando being found and rescued by the Mandalorians. Death Watch was a dominant presence in Clone Wars and a little bit in Rebels too because the Night Owls were from Death Watch. Um, and they're being responsible for, for Maul's takeover of Mandalore. Thanks. 
Thanks, Thanks Jeff Watch and Previsla for that. And Bo. Bo was in on it. So at the time, sure. She's, she's to blame a little bit for this. Um, we really liked it, though, because this was a great explanation for the covert that Mando was a part of. Apparent lack of information about <laughs> anything that's going on in the galaxy or with the Jedi. If they broke off a while back, that would make more sense for them not to be in the know and for Mando not to be in the know. And yeah. they told him not to go to Mandalore because it's cursed. So it's like they don't want these foundlings yeah. to have any information about Mandalore, Mandalorians. Suspicious. Overall, like that all just made me so happy because I've been like floundering and this like was like, oh, it like makes sense. Now. <laughs> Everything okay. starts to Finally. Like, oh, the looks <laughs> they it. give him and they're like, oh, he's one of them. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> One yeah, of those it was. <laughs> it was very important to learn more information about mm-hmm. Din this episode mm-hmm. for sure. Anders, yes. speaking what's of learning more information, what's next, yes. our guy? So next up, we have the freighter that they are hijacking. Um, it's identified as a Gazanti class freighter. Um, this class of ship was first introduced in the series back in the Phantom Menace as just a way to kind of diversify Republic fleet, but it also became just much more common to see these freighters throughout the um, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Rebels era as a pretty standard Imperial freighter. So just getting that name was a little bit of a nice little Easter egg. Um, One of the weapons also really looked like a T7 ion disruptor that was on it, which if that's actually the case, then that's a pretty dangerous thing to be coming around with, but Zeb, I guess if you're, of them, so. if you're the Imperial Remnant, I guess you really need to protect your stuff, except against, you know, four guys with jetpacks. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Who could ever plan against that? Um, but, and uh, let me tell are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was, I was saying, but go ahead. Go, go, go. Who is the captain of this freighter? It is Titus Welliver. Yes, is that the smoke monster from Lost Alarm Cue? I heard those alarms and I was like, what is it? And then they turned around, it was Titus Welliver. I'm like, he's the smoke monster. You are so cute. Sorry, back to you, Flo. You're fine. So yes, Titus Welliver plays the unnamed Imperial captain who attempts to crash the freighter when it seems all his loss. Very, very Titanic, you know, going down with the ship. Kamikaze pilot. Except he makes the ship go down. Well, okay. (laughs) He is both the iceberg and the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) After he fails, though, he bites down on some sort of, like, electric capsule and suicide rather than give up information or face Moff Gideon after failing him. Very Hydra agent type suicide here. Definitely reminiscent of Captain America, the first Avenger, a.k.a. my favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Interestingly, Titus Welliver and the freighter pilot played by Alexander Wraith, have some Marvel credentials in common, both in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and so did Simon Cassianides and Philip Alexander. So this whole episode is actually just a cover for a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion tour. Yeah, <laughs> did we actually watch a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode? Is that yeah, what I this think was? We did. I think like we did. drop in there for real. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to wonder, what is that captain so unwilling to tell Bo-Katan? Well... She's searching for Moff Gideon so she can reclaim that Darksaber, y'all. Bo-Katan previously wielded the Darksaber after it was gifted to her by that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Sabine Wren in Rebels. So it seems like maybe Gideon took it directly from her during the Purge. Mm -hmm. Colleen, 
Speaking of Moff Gideon, what's next? Giancarlo mm -hmm. Esposito makes his first appearance this season in a hollow form, but that's, that's cool. We still get him. Uh, he also seems to have his very own version of This is the Way when he says, long live the empire. Once again, very Hail Hydra. Yeah. Very. <laughs> I mean, they are both Disney properties now, so. Mm -hmm. One and the same. Soon we'll get yep. the crossover episode we've all been longing for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am wondering if he knows where Ray Sloan is because she's off in the Unknown Regions right now with the rest of the Imperial Remnant. So I'm curious if they're going to link that in too, maybe? It's possible, but I don't know. Well, we'll talk about that later. I'm sure. mm -hmm. <laughs> don't want us to get too far off the rails on this one. <laughs> so throughout this whole like buckling Pirate Fest, there are several little Easter eggs and callbacks. Um, I mean, we get thermal detonators. Yeah. We get this amazing line after Mando realizes that they are in fact stealing the ship and not the cargo. He basically confronts Pogatan and says, "Like you are altering, you're altering the terms of our agreement." So a nice little callback to Darth Vader and Empire Strikes Back, telling mm -hmm. Lando, "I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further." I really thought they were going to go for it and say it. I was like, she kind of looked like she wanted couch. to. She wanted to, but she kept with that. This is the way. Like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I did. What you gonna do? But man, potato, I, potato, tomato, tomato. Totally. It was so good. But in the end, Mando gets the information he needs. Woohoo! After he uses some thermal detonators to help take the ship, Bokatan tells him to head to the city of Culloden, which sounds like it should be somewhere in Outlander, frankly, on the forest plain of Corvus, which rang major Grindelwald vibes for me, to find Ahsoka mm -hmm. Tano. Woohoo! Ahsoka is, of course, my boy, Anakin Skywalker's former apprentice, but not quite a Jedi that is considered by many fans to be one, if not the, best character in all of Star Wars. So we're officially going to meet her possibly as early as next week. And now I probably just jinxed it. So everybody knock on it. <laughs> <laughs> And just as a final note, they really seem to be laying on the Alien Universe references this season. I was mad After I couldn't find a good picture for this. I'm not going to lie. No, that's okay. <laughs> After those creepy, deepy spider eggs last episode, we get a couple of visual references to the facehuggers this episode, both in Baby Yoda's soup, our boys grown up, using that spoony spoon, and then again at the very end of the episode, Worth noting that both of these creatures end up as a snacky snack for our grown boy. Mm -hmm, it's true, mm -hmm. but he did get like permission to eat them, so it's okay. That's Amen. true. Yes, he did. He waited. <laughs> and you know, we <laughs> okay. were talking about the uh, the Agents of Shield callbacks here. This episode to me was just very, very Joss Whedon-y overall. Yes. Like the the initial landing, and then there's that small moment at the end where. The Razor Crest jumps into hyperspace and a piece just kind of flies off. I had it in my mind that we had seen this on Mandalorian before, but I couldn't find it. So I decided that I was just confusing it with the movie Serenity, which is the film version of Joss Whedon's show Firefly, where that's kind of a bit of a running gag, like the ship falling apart. It's actually how the film ends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they jump off, a piece flies off, cut to black, and Mal's like, what was that? Um, Ships falling apart. So <laughs> another kind of Joss Whedon in universe callback mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. just to end the episode. Yes, it was such a rush job. Like Rory, the Mon Cal from Rebels and the Lego Universe, would not have been proud 
of that. Oh no, he would not have let that. He would not have let that shit fly. (laughs) It was grounded. (laughs) It was like held together with like bungee cords. I don't know. It really was. It was held together by seaweed and hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, when when he landed, he said, "When he landed, he said, I can't fix it, but I'll make it fly." Yeah. Yep. I mean, to be fair, he delivered. So I think that wraps it up for our Easter eggs, observations, callbacks, connections. So I think we are ready. I mean, we've kind of already given our sentiments, but I think we're ready for some actual full Reaction. official reactions. Yeah. Flo, you want to get us started with a uh, an official reaction? I am ready. Okay, so first I want to <laughs> say thank you to my lovely co-host for letting me go first because I was tired of being the person who just like, completely shat on the episode in the previous week so i'm happy to report i loved 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 this episode first of all i know it seems short to some people to me this was like the perfect length of time where i didn't get bored and it felt like everything was just jam-packed in there which is how i like my star wars i don't like a lot of lag time um i do maintain that the previous two episodes were not useful in any way shape or form he just had to get to this planet okay fine Loved it. Loved it. So unbelievably happy that the frog people have a baby. I'm so happy for them. When he, when, when Din said congratulations, I like nearly cried. I was so (laughs) Also, it was very sweet to see baby Yoda playing with like the little frog and taking care of it and like learning. That was really, really sweet. And I do think that his experience with the Mama Cora, like, kind of changed him fundamentally mm-hmm. i am still like secretly hoping for evil baby yoda just because i think that'd be really interesting <laughs> um but overall i just loved it i loved all the like marvely things that were in it all the hydra things um loved the duplicitous nature of like bring the kid let him see this and yeah, then just pushing no, him no in. worries worst episode of deadliest catch ever yes! <laughs> they are seriously <laughs> just like leaning in to be let's put baby yoda in danger like let's have people abuse him but like at least that made me feel like there were stakes like the past two episodes i just didn't feel any stakes i didn't feel like anything was happening this one i was like now we're starting like let's yeah. go mm-hmm. And I yeah. love the Din backstory that, like, he doesn't know about things because he's in, like, a cult. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor guy. Oopsies. <laughs> this yeah, is if the you way. don't have access to knowledge, you might be in a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like, out of 10, I would give this episode probably a 9. I think it's, like, second, my second favorite after the, like, super heisty one from last season. I really love it. Which I find interesting, because we do get, like, that interior of the Imperial ship, like, that very, very Star Wars iconography going on. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what I like. I'm just, like, a dark girl in, like, a, you know, bright point. Bright world. world. (laughs) (laughs) Just a dark side girl. In a dark word girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I have to say that I totally agree. Call me a little bit of a traditionalist, but as soon as I saw the Stormtroopers, I was like, okay, this feels a lot more Star Warsy to me. Mm-hmm. And also it was a total relief because, I mean, we love talking about this show and we're excited about it, but I was starting to get a little bit nervous as people were starting to get frustrated with that lack of knowledge. We're not in a cult mm-hmm. here, even though there is a frenzy for Star Wars and we definitely <laughs> want more. It was great to finally get some information on not only Din, but also information, like tangible information on how to unite 
little baby Yoda with the Jedi. I will say, I hate to say it for those people who had like held out hope that little baby Yoda was somehow just storing the <laughs> eggs. Oh, God, no. That no. was like- He was hungry for some snacky <laughs> stuff. child. Wait, oh, a lot of people were saying that. You were, there were people, you were, there were people who were holding this, out hope. I don't know what to do with you. He definitely yeah. gobbled them up like they were his appetizer. Yeah. Yes. So I'm very glad, like Flo, that we did get to see a birth of moment of life. That was truly spectacular. But enough about my reactions. Colleen, how about mm. yours? Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys. The minute the razor crest <laughs> fell off the platform. Oh, I was so in. I laughed so hard. I had to pause the episode. I was cackling. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is some Star Wars because it's, it's very humorous. Like, yes, there should be comedy in Star Wars. Yes. Um, Favreau just out here earning our trust. We had a little bit of doubts last week, and now this is like he just comes right back in with a home run episode. Hello. I loved every minute of this. The Froggo's sweet reunion. Oh my gosh, you guys. I almost got tears too because they were calling to oh, each other yeah. and then they ran to each other and they touched hands first yeah. and they hugged. Was like, <laughs> and then they <laughs> rushed off to a private room. Yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, here's the end, Mando. Shove. We're going to go do our thing. Bye. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, LBY probably learning that eating the eggs wasn't cool. Yep. I think he finally got a parenting moment from someone. Yeah. Hopefully. Not Mando, of course, but he got a parenting moment. And that was helpful. We did see a little bit of parenting growth when yeah. Mando was like, yes. I will feed you. Yes. I will buy you food. I will feed you. Yes. I will say. I and he said, mind your manners. <laughs> mind your manners. And then when he left them with the sitter, like when he left them with the frogs, I was like, all right, this is like. That was some, the responsible like, like, choice. Him. It was mm -hmm. very, that, I, I actually felt he was a pretty good dad in this one, which was really nice yeah. to see. Much better than he had <laughs> the last couple episodes. Um, I really liked seeing the Moncala, Mari, and the Quarren. They looked so cool. I have a, a lot of like hope now that Ahsoka's makeup is going to look amazing just oh, yeah. because of how cool the Quarren looked. Like, yes. Yeah. I think they can do it with the effects that they're doing. Um, and of course, our absolute queen, Bo-Katan Kreese. Like, yes, all the saps. <laughs> Oh, I love her so much. Um, although she better be saying that she is the quote unquote last of her line because she knows that Corky is a Kenobi. Because if Corky died off screen, guys, I'm going to be real mad. <laughs> real <laughs> mad. Or at least I would hope that they would talk about it. Uh, the action was excellent. The direction was really tight. Like, yes, Bryce Dallas Howard, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and Pedro's performance was really good. Like that last line that he says... The, this is the way to Bo-Katan, the yearning in his voice, like he wants to go with them, but he has to fulfill his mission first. It was just pitch perfect. His entire performance this episode, wonderful. 10 out of 10 lightsabers, <laughs> all the way up. Very good. <laughs> How about you, Anders? So, all right, staying calm here. The only thing I can really say for this episode is, fork yeah, baby! <laughs> so good. Oh my god. Like, like I, I said last week, like, even when the show is not that great, it's still phenomenal. But this just took everything up, dialed it up to 11. Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard coming back. Obviously, she directed the season one episode, Sanctuary, which was a standout episode of that season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, we've started the season, we had that Western fantasy adventure, we had the horror movie last week, and then this was like a pirate on the high seas, swashbuckling type deal. I love everything that they're doing here. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, you guys have talked about Bo-Katan. You've talked about the real, like, Star Wars-y nature of this episode. I will say, though, those Stormtroopers had a little bit too good of aim um, when they were firing at Mando, and he was just getting, like, hit, 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 hit. I was like, I'm the ones that can you should shoot. not be. You should not be landing that. You should not be landing that many shots. That's because they had the repeating <laughs> blasters. I think that's the only reason they were. That's true. Anything. It was um, great seeing yeah, how well the best car held up. That was very totally. sick. That was really cool. Um, and I mean, just some of like the little teases we got here into the wider lore of like what actually happened to Mandalore, and I'm really excited to mm-hmm. like dive into that and the potential in the future. Like they have these references to Mandalore's enemies and the purge and we still don't actually know what happens so maybe not this season but in the future I think we absolutely could be heading towards some kind of a war to retake Mandalore which would just be like one of the coolest things to see in live action yes yeah <laughs> yes please bring us friend Rao bring Fen Rao back <laughs> If he and bo weren't having, like, a very loving sexual relationship, then something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give us something. <laughs> on screen. But, on screen. Yes. On screen. We want but, all on screen. Looking ahead, though, so looking ahead to next week, I mean, obviously, we got that major Ahsoka Tano tease. Um, my personal prediction is that we are going to get maximum next week, like an end shot cameo. Yeah. Like the episode ends with them finding them. That seems like a really good mid-season finale type thing to do. Mm-hmm. Plus, thinking back to like everything we saw during the trailer, we still don't have any of the stuff of him going back and seeing Grief Karga, Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you would think that most of the trailer is coming out of the first half of the season, then that's probably where we go next week for the most part. Yes. Why he goes there? No idea. Maybe he just needs to get actual ship repairs. Um, but yeah. that would be my predictions for next week. Yep. That's my thought, too, is that he needs to get the crest repaired before he can go anywhere else. So grief and Kara would be a good pit stop, hopefully, along the way. Um, and then he gets to go to Corvus, which is Latin for Raven, y'all. So we have more bird imagery for our girl Ahsoka. <laughs> like, yes, bring on all the birds for Ahsoka. I agree. We probably won't see her until like the last possible second because Dave Filoni is directing the fifth episode. So I think that is where we will get the bulk of our Ahsoka. She is his baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. How about mm-hmm. you, Flo? Any predictions? Um, I agree. I don't think we're going to get to like Ahsoka right at the beginning of the next episode. I think like the next mini quest is going to be like finding her on Corvus. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I am still, like, I just feel like every episode, Baby Yoda is getting really close to talking. Like, yes. when he was cooing at his soup, I was like, he's gonna say something. Like, what is <laughs> happening? So I'm hoping he talks. I don't think it'll be next week, but I think it's gonna be definitely before the season ends. I was just, like, really excited to hear that somebody has seen one of his people like, that was really exciting. So I'm hoping that we see, like, a non-Yoda, but older baby Yoda, Yoda person. <laughs> that would be Interesting. really cool. I'd be super into that. Um, yeah, besides that, I'm excited. I feel like I'm back in, and I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> ride. <laughs> yeah, the puppetry has been absolutely awesome. And pretty yes. much the only prediction that I have is similar to Flo's with baby Yoda's egg now gone 
And with all of the signs pointing to leveling up, we are definitely going to see this little boy level up. Is it going to be like in the? Uh, is it going to be like in the Sims where like magically he just like ages yeah. <laughs> physically <laughs> like ten years? Exactly. <laughs> he hasn't really used the force yet, you guys. Like in a real. He, okay, he I thought he was going to. So did I. I when that like crab star thing yeah. was hanging down, mm -hmm. I thought he was like. I thought he was going to use it. And That's he true. He hasn't done it yet, really. Other than that one with the eggs last episode, right. he hasn't really done it this season. Except to eat. <laughs> he <laughs> hasn't <laughs> used his powers. Um, uh, before we close out, though. Nasty ass soup out of like a fucking, sorry, a fork and hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have some chowder out of those hose. That was so that's a great. That's a great invention, actually. As a oh New Englander God. who loves that New England clam chowder, like just give me, sure, why not? Just straight have to your mouth. <laughs> Straight like, there, let's do it. It was the grossest, like ASMR, like squelch noise <laughs> coming out. Oh god, it was so gross. <laughs> so uh, before we close out, though, I do want to give a shout out to one theory that I saw today um, from a friend of all of ours, John, because you know we have all speculated about Ahsoka and Sabine and how they're going to like factor into this, and I don't know why we haven't actually mentioned the possibility yet that the, everything we've seen so far actually happens prior to Ahsoka going to fetch Sabine. Mm -hmm. And so this is his prediction. We might be able to dive into a little bit more next week that potentially Mando bringing baby Yoda to meet Ahsoka Tano is the event that spurs her to go get Sabine and to try and find Ezra. And I, like I just that. thought that was a really great theory. It would tie things up really well and wanted to give it a shout out. Thank you, John M. Yay. Yeah. Woo-woo. Applaud, John. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a great place for us to leave it today. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we continue exploring The Mandalorian and other geeky goodies. You can enjoy us in our podcast form Lego or Star on Wars YouTube. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Shouts to Lego Star Wars coming up, which we'll be doing on Tuesday. And either way, smash that subscribe button. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes and enjoy Colleen's book corner where she is reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media, darlings. Yeah. And as we keep telling other nerdy knights to come join us because it really does help. Until next time, sabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. So long. Cheers.